Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 5.09 here in the station in Pittston, 38 degrees and mostly cloudy. You could catch us at uh, 103.1 FM, 910.980 AM or anywhere on the Odyssey app. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. I, I saw this article on CNN Politics, and it kind of really blew my mind with everything that's going on. If, if, we've been, if you've been following the news, President Zelensky from Ukraine was in, a, was in the U.S. yesterday, had a press conference at the White House with Joe Biden, had a... Uh, Met at the, 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 both the Senate and the House to speak to people. The, this article kind of put things in perspective for me. It says Russia has lost 87% of troops it had prior to the start of the Ukraine war, according to U.S. intelligence assessment. Again, this is coming from CNN politics. Russia has lost a staggering 87% of the total number of active duty ground troops, it had prior to launching its invasion of Ukraine, and two-thirds of its pre-invasion tanks, a source familiar with the declassified U.S. intelligence assessment provided by the Congress. Still, despite heavy losses of men and equipment, Russia's President Vladimir Putin is determined to push forward as the war approaches its two-year anniversary early next year, and U.S. officials are warning that Ukraine remains deeply vulnerable. A highly anticipated Ukrainian counteroffensive stagnated through the fall, and U.S. officials believe that Kyiv is unlikely to make any major gains over the coming months. Historically, in, in this region, in, in Europe as a whole, once winter hits, things kind of really come to a stop. I mean, there's minor things here and there. There are skirmishes. But as far as major offenses, things really don't move very well. In that region of the world, it has throughout. It, it, it's been that way throughout history. If you look in the mountain passes of Afghanistan when Russia was there, if you look at all through the mountain region of the Middle East, if you look at all through Europe during the World Wars, once winter hits, it kind of changes the battlefield. It changes the way things are there. But to that number of eighty-seven percent of troops it had prior to the start of the Ukraine war. Now, they're having a morale problem. They're having a payment problem. If you look at the Russian army, it looks like old men in uniforms are back in uniform doing the things that need to be done there. But one of the things that I saw Vladimir Zelensky say yesterday really didn't do his, uh, his nation justice. Now, let me see if I could find it. This is what Zelensky told. He was on Fox News last night, and this is what he said to the American people on, on the news. He was talking about the war. He was talking about funds from both America and Europe from all over. But this is the quote from him. Don't build roads. Spend all your money on weapons, drones, society, and pensions. We have only one enemy, Putin. So he's telling the American taxpayers, don't build your own road. Don't build roads. Don't spend all your money. Uh, I mean, don't build roads, spend all your money on weapons, drones, society, and pensions. Listen, I, I'm, I'm all for helping you fight your war by giving you equipment and funds to purchase your equipment and shells to fight the Russians, but we shouldn't be building your society or pensions. And I understand in a war, there's certain infrastructure that needs to be fixed, but 
not for nothing, if you look around here, our pension systems are crumbling. Our societies are crumbling. If you look at New York, you know, come January, they're cutting back 15% on every department there is there because of illegal immigration. I don't see anyone shoring up our pensions. I don't see anyone shoring up our society. You know, our roads don't build roads. Well, our roads are pretty crummy to begin with, especially when we come spring here in Northeast Pennsylvania. So a, a lot of people I, I saw posted that that news clip of him saying those things and saying, let this guy talk every day because he's just going to dig a hole bigger and bigger for himself to where no one wants to support this anymore upon dwindling support. It's It was astounding that those things were said. And, uh, and I know we've seen the, the reports, and I know we've seen our own uh, administration come on and say, yes, we need X amount of millions of dollars to help support their pension system for their workers to b- rebuild their economy and such like that. Well, we also need to self-reflect and look around here because it's, uh, it's incredible that that's the priority. That's what Joe Biden is getting in front of the American people yesterday and saying, we must do something. We must do it now. Or else uh, you're giving Russia the biggest gift there is. It's uh, eye-opening, to say the least. It's eye-opening, to say the least. One of the other stories I got, and this kind of brings us back to a Solyndra-type thing. The Biden administration touted an EV charging company over the years to support the climate agenda. And now its stock is tanking. CEOs have quit, and the the place is pretty much in shambles. And you have to ask why with all the money and all the push behind EV chargings. The Biden administration held up the electric vehicle charging company ChargePoint to support the president's climate agenda on several occasions. Now the company is facing considerable economic and legal headwinds. The White House, in February, this past February, the White House highlighted ChargePoint's deals with other companies as proof that the administration's actions on EV have spurred a network operators to accelerate and build the cost of coast-to-coast EV charging networks. However, in the nearly 10 months since, the company's stock price lost significant value. ChargePoint's CEO, Pasquale Romano, has stepped down from his post, and the company now faces a class-action lawsuit. The White House promoted ChargePoint's partnership with Mercedes-Benz and M8, MN8 Energy to deploy over 400 charging hubs with more than 2,500 publicly accessible fast-charging ports across America and Canada, as well as the company's partnership with Volvo and Starbucks to deploy 60 direct current fast-charging up to 15 locations along the 1,300-mile pilot route between Seattle and Denver to be completed by the summer of 2023. Well, that never happened. The White House also commended ChargePoint for investing in equitable workforce development and training a diverse pipeline of skilled workers to build our nation's infrastructure. In a November 2022 press release focusing on examples of major progress made by President Joe Biden's climate agenda, the administration also mentioned the company in several other press releases recrap capping positive developments in EV charging industry, including one from February. The company's stock price peaked at $46.10 per share on December 24th of 2020. 
it has stood at $13.38 per share in February 15th of 2023, the most recent that the White House mentioned in the company writing. As of Tuesday, yesterday, it is trading around $2.24 per share, according to Google Finance. The share price is down nearly 75% to date. So in December of 2020, the stock price for this was $46.10. The stock price is currently $2.24. The company's third quarter financial filings also show the company's revenue was 12% lower than it was last year's third quarter. Charge, charge point posed a net loss of $158.2 million for the quarter, up from $84.5 million the company lost during the last year's third quarter. There's also a class action lawsuit against the firm, which alleges that the company and some of its top executives violated the Security Exchange Act of 1934. Specifically, the suit which covers the time between June 1st and November 16th alleges the company's share price became artificially inflated because of false and misleading statement by the company executives. The lawsuit alleges that the company was experiencing elevated component costs and supply overruns Factors that were likely to decrease the company's profitability by forcing cost impairments. The company's supply chain issue ultimately forced it to announce a $42 million impairment or reduction to the value of its inventory in November, according to the third quarter filings. ChargePoint's story shares some characteristics with that of LeCycle, a battery recycling company, which the administration reached a conditional commitment for a $375 million loan it had cleared by the Department of Energy due diligence process while it was accused of defrauding its investors, the company's stock price has since tanked. Charging infrastructure remains the key obstacle for the Biden administration wider EV agenda, which aims to have 50% of all new cars of sales be EV by 2030. This is the prime example of an administration touting this company, ChargePoint. And if you haven't heard of ChargePoint, you should have, because I've heard it in plenty of things talked about. This was going to revolutionize fast charges across the nation. We gave millions of dollars to them. They lied. Their CEOs lied about their infrastructure. They lied about their equipment. They lied about what they had available and what they could do. And since, that company's stock price has tanked 75%, from almost $50 a share to $2 and change a share. And again, who foots the bill in this? We do, the taxpayer, just like we did with Solyndra, just like we did with the wind farms off of New Jersey, where the company just walked away from the deal because they figured it wouldn't be profitable anymore after they took millions in subsidies from us, the American taxpayer. This is what we should be paying attention to. This is what, uh, listen, I'm all for all of the above energy, but this is just fraud after fraud after fraud. Who's giving kickbacks to politicians? Who's doing what? Let's use taxpayer dollars, and if we lose it, it's no big deal because it's the taxpayer's money. It's not our money. Nothing happens. We break up. We quit. We start a new company, and we do it all over again. This seems to be the status quo in Washington, especially when it comes to renewable energy. But here's just a prime example of looking at a small portion of Let's do this green initiative, but not look at the whole picture and how we're getting screwed as the taxpayer here in America. That being said, it's uh, 521 here at WILK.
Speaking of getting screwed, uh, <laughs> this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Well, if you're on 81 Southbound in the Scranton area, you're probably a little bit frustrated as things are barely moving between Dunmore and uh, Music Area. That's due to the cleanup of an accident. It is moving now. Earlier, it wasn't barely moving at all. It does seem like it's going at least 20 miles per hour at the moment. Music to... Pittston also dips below the speed limit, and we have some heavy traffic on North Main Avenue in Taylor. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. I don't know where anything is. We've got so many things to read now, I don't know where anything is. Oh, yeah. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, partly cloudy and cold, low 26. Thursday, sunny and cool, high 40. Friday, mostly sunny and warmer, high 52. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 48. Sunday, increasing clouds and breezy with showers in the evening, high 48. It's currently 37 degrees and mostly cloudy here at 522, your official weather station, WILK. Time for the NEPA Premium Perks. Enjoy this half-off deal for Blue Shutters. Get a $50 voucher for only $25. Fine dining experience at this restaurant has exceptional diners prepared by their exclusive chef. Open Wednesdays through Saturdays for dinner at 5. Bars open at 4 p.m. Located at 200 Memorial Drive in Elmhurst Township. Visit GetMyPerks.com for all the details. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 533 here in the station, 36 degrees. I got a text message. Uh, Thanks for reminding us all the bad stuff you can muster up. But are you going to talk about the good economic news that just came out? Dow up the best ever. Fed pausing rate increases because things are stabilizing, etc. Give it a try. Yeah, but it's kind of a twist that you don't... Okay, I will. Yes, the Dow is the highest it's been in history. That's based on that the Fed decided to not raise interest rates, which are still at a two-decade high, by the way. So is that good that you – they stabilized a two-decade record high? They didn't increase them? Yes, it's good news they didn't increase them. That's for sure. But if things were truly stabilizing, they would have decreased the rate, don't you think? But, yes, the Dow, which is based off good news, the Dow always increases. As a matter of fact, it's increased throughout history, regardless of who the president is, except for major incidents that have caused it to crash. So, by all means, yes, the Dow Jones is at the highest it's ever been. It's above 37,000. Based off the news that the interest rates are stabilized at the highest they've been in two decades. So, it's not bad news. But is it truly good news? Is that what you're looking for? Stabilization of the highest interest rates in two decades? Uh, I'm just asking. But the increase in the Dow is good. The Dow does go up. There's not, It's not because the economy, the Dow, is where it is. The Dow is moving on the good news that interest rates did not go up anymore. Even if they're the highest they've been in two decades. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I get that you want to spin that into it's good news, good em- good economic news, but it's not. Our rate of inflation is still almost double what normal would be. 
what healthy, I shouldn't say normal, what healthy is considered, which is one and a half to two percent, we're just over three percent. And if you used its um, modified, it's at three point eight when you add in the things that truly should be added in there. But you're right, it didn't go up. It stayed stable. So that is good news. But it's still at the highest it's been in a long time. So there, I, I read your news for you. And we talked about that the other day because, well, the Fed, it was kind of understood that the Fed would be at least keeping the rate where it was. But when they say the interest, when they say the inflation has gone down, that's not how inflation works. Fla- inflation is just less high than it was. That's why it's called inflation. And deflation has a problem, too. So, you know, we can have that discussion if you'd like to have it another day. Now, if you're looking for home sales, existing home sales are on track for the worst year since at least 2008. But because interest rates have... uh, Stabilized and actually home mortgage rates did decrease a little bit, so that's a good thing. But they're the highest they've been in a long time as well. There are some places that are increase existing home sales would increase 13%, and there's others that are saying it's really not. It's going to be a buyer's market. It's going to be harder for people to sell their house to where the past couple of years have been a tremendous seller's market. People were getting well over their asking price. Uh, there were battles for homes to purchase and such like that. There were multiple bids outbidding each other, and it was really putting the seller in a position to where now, because of interest rates being so high, because the fact that a mortgage is going to cost you now more than it has in a decade, over a decade, that uh, they're going to be more selectful. People are going to buy smaller homes. They're going to buy within their means because when interest rates go up, you can afford less of a house. So there's a give and take, but people are also going to have to accept lower prices for their houses because they're not going to sell at the inflated prices that they were asking. So it's a good and bad. If you're looking for a house and you have the money to purchase it, you will be in the driver's seat rather than the seller. If you're looking to sell your house... Not so much because you won't be getting the increased inflation. Where if you you list your house for three hundred thousand and all of a sudden you're selling it for three eighty, where you've just got eighty thousand dollars out of it because people started outbidding each other. That's not going to happen because people are taking into effect that that mortgage rate is higher than it's been in a long time. So uh, you know that that asking price may get it, or you may get a little lower because people aren't outbidding each other anymore. So. They're kind of mixed on where it's going to go. Some of the experts are saying that uh, it's on track to be the worst year since 2008. And others are saying it still might be a buyer's market, which might save that. So good and bad news. If you're a buyer, could be good news. If you're a seller, um, maybe not so much. But some would say that you're getting more of what your house is worth rather than what people were willing to pay for it. And that's been severely inflated over the past five years, let's say. It's... uh, 539 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. 
And thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. Accident 81 northbound just before the Pittston exit. That has things backing up. A little bit of slowing, 81 southbound through the Scranton area as they clear up the accident near Montage Mountain Road, Davis Street. And heavy traffic on Route 315. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Don't sound so enthused about traffic. Here's the, if I could find it, here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from uh, Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, partly cloudy and cooled, low 26. Thursday, sunny and cool, high 40. Friday, mostly sunny and warmer, high 52. Saturday, mix of sun and clouds, high 48. Sunday, increasing clouds and breezy with showers in the evening, high 48. It's currently 36 degrees and clear. Here at 540 at your official weather station, WILK. Text message. I'm just sorry. I'm reading the text message. It says, thanks for the acknowledgement. Maybe everyone can pay for their Christmas credit card debt with a lower rate. Uh-huh. Uh, credit cards aren't going lower, but um, thankfully, uh, other things are. And if you listen to the show, you know I've told people to stay far away from putting Christmas on your credit cards. You don't want to do that. Credit card debt is out of control, and we all know credit card debt is one of the last to follow any freeze in the rates or anything, and that they're already incredibly... Hi. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, we were at a point where things could probably only get better, uh, hopefully. But with uh, everything going on in the world, can it? We'll see. Let's go to the phones. We have uh, Joe from Drips Park on economics. Joe. Hey, Rob. Hey, um. Real quick, with this economy, I mean, it's so weird with the interest rates, with the inflation. I kind of came up with that. I've heard it floating around also, but I agree with it. It's just, um, I call it crashing up, if that makes any sense. I wouldn't call it a good economy, but at the same time, I think that we need to understand that these rates are going to be here for a very long time. And the unemployment rate is going to stay at records low for a very long time. There's going to be plenty of jobs out there. There's going to be higher wages, yet we're still not going to be able to afford the goods we bought. I firmly believe in the next five to ten years we're going to see our first trillionaire because the top seems to be making bigger, bigger gains, and the middle class is shrinking, I don't know, at an alarming rate at this point. Well, like I, like the texter pointed out, the Dow hit a record high, and that's because there was really no bad news today. People were expecting, you know, the interest rates to continue to rise. They didn't. They held steady. So the, the markets reflect on that. And like you said, those those billionaires out there are are the ones making out on that because it's their investments with the with all the money they have in there that that's just making money hand over fist. As far as jobs, this influx of illegal migration is going to artificially keep wages low. Um, where if we had that under control, there would be demand for jobs. It would be like during COVID where people were paying a premium wage to get people to work because they just couldn't find people to work. And and I like your, I like your, your falling up analogy. It's, it's, we're doing less worse. That's what it is. Um, But we're, we're not in a good, healthy environment. I think anyone who's out there and realizes it and paying for things knows that, um, but they're treading water. They're trying to hold their head up and trying to do the best they can. 
hopefully not take letting the holidays take advantage of them. Like I said, don't put things on your credit card. Don't get behind things because, um, you know, things can turn bad really quickly. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I've been looking for a house for the last year or so. We've been looking for a bigger place. We're expecting to hopefully uh, add another addition to the family. But um, with these prices, I mean, there's really nothing we can do. The equity we've built over the last 10 years or so, we're going to lose it all putting it down on the next place because inflation. And uh, a lot of people are in that position. But I think the new norm is going to be these interest rates. I, I don't think they're going to go down. I think they're going to stay flatline for a very long time. And I think we're just going to have to grow accustomed to the money that we think is good now is not actually good. You know, five years ago, we would have been great with our income. And right now, it's like we're just kind of just in no man's land. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, as the job market, you know, continues doing what it's doing and, and jobs keep to continue to reshore, no fault of the president. That's just China just doesn't have the manpower anymore. So weird things are happening across the globe. I think there's going to be plenty of jobs. Uh, not enough high incomes to keep up with this ridiculous inflation that shows no sign of slowing down. Um, I tend to agree. I tend to agree there. And what we've also not seen, you know, with, especially with the interest rates going up, the other end of that, that's usually that, that balancing, that seesaw effect where bonds really haven't skyrocketed the way they should, where people could put their money in safe environments and, and make a little money off of it if they have it to set aside. Uh, you're not seeing that end of it because people are so worried. Banks are so worried about locking in that money into bonds and something happening and them losing out on the deal. They haven't reacted the way they normally have in the past. No, and I mean, I think out of all, everyone is suffering through this, but I think the middle class right now is pretty much a hamster in a wheel. I mean, you can get your raises, you can move on to different jobs for higher money, and you just find yourself back at square one because you just can't keep up. And, um, you know, right now we're just... It's weird. I mean, you look at the stock market, everyone seems to be expecting bad news and be worried about it and you expect a crash any minute. I don't think we're going to get that 08 crash. I think the crash is going to be that things are so expensive, you're just not going to be able to afford that comfortable lifestyle we used to have four years ago. Yeah, and I think people are, are buying into that because they, they, if you look at the holiday sales, people are not going out and splurging on those high-dollar items. They're not spending the money. They're being cautious because there's so much uncertainty. And, um, you know, that's probably a good thing. So, uh, like you said, it's, it's, we're currently in a status of, like, nailing jello to a tree. It's, it's hard to determine what's going <laughs> that's on. <a> good one. <laughs> and, um, you know, people have to be cautious, and, and I'm going to urge people to be cautious on it. And it's not necessarily, you know, any type of issue. I think one of the things helping us right now also is, is the price of oil is, is relatively, really cheap. It's, it's just, ab just about $70 a barrel, which haven't really hurt us. You know, if, we, if, if, if oil was $100 a barrel right now and we were spending, you know, $100, oh, $100 more a week per person on your vehicles, you know, people would really be feeling that because, like I said, people are treading water to begin with. Absolutely. I mean, right now, like you said, we're just we're just making it. And I, I couldn't agree. Just hang tight this Christmas. Don't do anything you don't have to. And I mean, in general, in this market, don't make any rash decisions. You can't find a home in your price range. Wait it out. As the interest rates are high, I'm noticing houses now are not even selling for asking prices. Actually, not that common. And I mean, we're out there looking at houses every week and as we speak. So the trend has been, you know, 15, 20,000 below asking. That's what we started to see over the last two months. I'm expecting to see that drop as more and more, especially in this area, because, I mean, they've, these houses have gone far, far out. They've far outgrown the, uh, the local wages here. So I'm expecting them to come back to reality a little bit if these interest rates stay high, which I think they will.
Uh, great conversation today, Joe. Great conversation. I appreciate your input always. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. And it's it's he's 100% correct. And uh, it's, it's a good time to be cautious. But it doesn't take much. Like I said, the, you, you add in the simple price of a high, high barrel of oil. If you add another incident in the world somewhere which triggers the market to, to uh, react quickly, you know, China does something. Iran does something. We do something. You know, Venezuela is talking about taking over Guyana. Uh, there, there's a ton of stuff in the world which, which could be, you know, cyber attack. You know, anything. We, we have attacks tax on our infrastructure. It doesn't take much. Um, so, you know, be cautious, you know, store that money, get the squirrel mentality or the chipmunk mentality if you can, and do the best you can. But by all means, I know the holidays are here. I know we want to make our families happy and such. Uh, live within your means, buy within your means, do things like if you can't afford that big gift, you know, explain, be open with your family and say, hey, things are just rough right now. Things are just, uh, I mean, anyone who gets a 401k statement, anyone who gets an IRA statement, has seen the damage back back and forth. Thankfully, I mean, the last ones that we got were pretty good. But the one before that was really bad, uh, the, the the quarter before that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a wait-and-see type attitude. And thankfully, a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot, some people are in a position to wait that out. Others, not so much. So we have to be cognizant of that and uh, and see where it gives us. But, again, you know, I understand you want to spin it as far as this administration as uh, great news, but it's it's less bad news is what it is. And hopefully we get more less bad news and more less bad news and low more less bad news to where it starts being good news. But that that's that's the battle that's the economy, and that's always going to be. Um, it's 5.54 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Temperatures drop 33 degrees and clear now outside at 557. Let me go real quick. We have uh, Jack from Pittston on real estate. Jack, I got about a minute. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call, Rob. I just want to follow up on what Joe said. Um, You know, uh, one of the reasons the real estate, too, around here is so high is you have a lot of out of town investors that are coming in here. They buy this stuff up. They flip these properties, and they just make it ridiculously high for the first-time homeowner. It's, it's, it's crazy. It is because they were getting prices that people were willing to pay, not the worth of the house, where I think that's going to change now that interest rates are going out. People don't have that extra money. Because interest rates were so low, they could say, yeah, we could pay 30000 more. We could pay 40000 more for this house because we really want it. People really can't anymore. So now— uh, they're no, not going to be can't. getting that. So was that investment worth it for them, especially when they start taking a loss? The market will adjust that, but you're 100% right. I think that's right. legis- It also affects the, the rents, too. And, oh, it and it's a sad cycle, and, and it hurts the first-time homeowner, and it hurts uh, a lot of the young people that are just going out to start renting a home. There is, and, and I think there's legislation moving through a couple of areas where they're looking to uh, prevent corporations from owning single-family homes because we've exactly. seen that time and time again where I, I know when the housing market crashed in Florida, Florida, you had corporations come in and buy an entire half-developed development uh, with, with yes. 50, 60 houses. This corporation bought yes. it, finished it, 
and uh, you know are charging ridiculous rents down there where you know thankfully it crashed and they just can't get it anymore so they started selling off the houses one by one but we've seen that in inner cities buying buildings we've seen it buying you know multiple houses on the same block as a corporation uh, and basically and Rob, I, I never thought I would see it right here right right down the street from the radio station there's a lot of these old coal mining houses that are weren't worth more than fifty thousand dollars going for a hundred and fifty two thousand after somebody flips it and just minimal investment a roof a firm and they're they're turning around and gouging. Yeah, and now that the market's not there, let them hold on to it for a little bit, take a loss, and hopefully they learn a lesson and, and don't look to screw the little person or that single family looking to start a home here in our area. Right, right. Uh, good, great, great point, Jack. I appreciate you bringing it up. Thank you. Thank That's you. Have a great time. night. And again, all good points here. We're open to the to, to full discussion, but uh, you know, hopefully that market adjusts itself. It looks like it is, and it looks like buyers will have uh, more of the upper hand. Hopefully. Again, that changes. Uh, it's like nailing jello to a tree. Is that what I said? Oh, another great day with you guys here. We'll be here tomorrow, and I think, Jake, you're going to have some sports talk at the end of tomorrow, right? I got a lot of text messages about sports, so t Jake is going to have a whole input. He's going to have a condensed uh, sports report tomorrow. <laughs>